Hello again, and welcome back to the Fear and Beer podcast, where we talk all things horror, horror nights, and just a dash of beer. I'm Nick. And I'm Seamus. Episode nine. Here we go. So this one. Has it really been nine already? Yeah, it's wow. been been nine. Went by like pretty we quick. Started. Yeah, it feels like we just started. So it's this weird. this one is going to be a little bit of a callback to some stuff that we had talked about in our very first episode, being that still no HHN news. Yeah, this is just this is just an excuse for there's nothing to talk yeah, about. This is, is, is going to be a very reminiscent new episode. So. Before we dive into what we're going to talk about, we will just talk on, I guess there are some small little HHN tidbity things that kind of have come out or stuff that's happened. That BOGO event has officially ended, so fingers crossed that we start to see frequent fear passes dropping out soon. Yeah, please. Yeah, we got... I got, did you get your, did I, you do the, the I BOGO? Didn't, I didn't buy anything no? yet. Okay. I was going to, but then I forgot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, I haven't bought anything yet for it, so I'm hoping that they drop frequent fear passes soon. But if it comes down to it, personally, I'll just I'll just buy whatever nights we're going. And yeah, we'll figure it out from there. I mean, yeah. I don't think there's any way that they don't do the frequent fear. I would, yeah, I would believe they're going to. But I covered my tracks at least. I got that bogo for now, and then we'll go on from there. So the bogo event has ended, which kind of has led people to believe that hopefully something's coming out at this point where kind of closing in here we got probably 40 some odd days left until it actually is supposed to start it's basically almost august so yeah so we're right around the corner so whether news is coming or not the event is coming some other stuff the tribute store the facade's kind of gone up and supposedly that it is opening tomorrow slash today when you hear this it's supposed to be opening up on friday the 24th so i'm going to jump over to universal early in the morning i'm going to try to get there so if you see me if you're already listening and you see me, um, come say what's up. But we will be there. I'm going to try and put some pictures up, and we'll kind of see what we get. I don't know if they're going to open up the whole store, if they have the store themed after any of the IPs or not, or if they're just going to have one of the rooms open. You know, Last year they had a Ghostbuster-themed room, like a Monster-themed room, Stranger Things-themed room. So I don't think they're going to open up the whole store and give away the IPs because they're probably going to be themed again, just like last year. We will see what tomorrow brings. I'm excited to get in there. I'm going to get some of that merch I dropped online because I'm assuming that that's what's going to be kind of filling the store up at this point. And then as far as anything else Horror Nights related, I don't think there is much out there. I did have one of my friends say they heard one of their friends got cast for oh, as a cool. character and they kind of confirmed that Beetlejuice is happening. No, okay. So... Well, we kind of figured that was definitely going to happen. Yeah, it wasn't... I mean, that was one of the ones that we were like... At least I was kind of been like, I'm 99% sure it's probably going to happen. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously no names, but... Yeah, we somebody, can't say anything. Don't say anything out loud. Because, somebody said something that yeah, somebody said. Yeah, so you don't want leaks to get people in trouble. Who so. knows how true it actually is, but from a person to a person to a person... Rumor. It's a rumor. Yeah, phone, phone style. It kind of came down this the pipeline. Not, this, is, this is not confirmation of anything. It's just a rumor. No. Just like everything else so far. Right, everything we've talked about so far is just rumors. <laughs> All right. So, today's episode, we are going to dive into Terror Village. Ooh. Terror Village was Seamus and myself's haunted walk that we used to run when we were in high school, early college years, stuff like that. And we're just going to kind of tell you the backstory of 
how we got into hosting that event, how we evolved it, where it went, why did it stop? And we're going to kind of do a little walkthrough. We actually surfaced some videos on YouTube from about a decade ago. Oh, yeah. So great quality coming that we kind of gave webisodes of like updates of the building and stuff like that. I'm a little embarrassed to say that <laughs> we're actually going to show those. Yes. And then we have a walk. Them. Yeah. We have a walkthrough uh, video, two of them, so that you can actually see our event in its entirety. So we're going to kind of watch that and do a live commentary on those videos and tell you about how embarrassed we are and <laughs> try to explain it a little bit more. So before we get any more into the episode, just want to announce that we are uh, launching a YouTube channel as well. And we may have mentioned it in previous episodes, but. Uh, we were going. We're going to be uploading all these episodes on YouTube. So if you've got any friends that don't use Spotify or don't use like an Apple Podcast app, but they do use uh, YouTube for podcasts, hook them up that way. We will link that channel, or I'll mention what the name of the channel is at the end of the episode. It's Beer and Beer, but you may have to do a little digging to find us because we're still not very big. And we will do our best to actually rip and link these videos that we have from an older channel from years ago. To the new channel so you can actually watch what we're going to talk about tonight not just to listen to it because obviously on a podcast it's kind of hard to see things that we're showing you obviously it's just going to be audio so we'll uh we'll get you that information at the end of the episode and before we talk about anything else we got to do our bl- obligatory beer chat uh i feel like we've been slacking a little bit on the on the beer information we kind of like brush it by real quick and then spend an hour talking about horror things but hey so this week we are featuring a beer called darken it is a barrel-aged sour brown ale from a beer a brewery in Bloomington, Indiana, called Upland Brewing. Or Brewing. They have a special sour ale line, so they specialize in ferment, fermenting uh, sour ales. Um, they have other beers and stuff like that you can find on your typical bottle shop, but they specialize in sour ales. So this is going to be interesting. I've never heard of a sour brown ale before, and maybe it's just because I'm not as big a beer head as i thought he was but what it basically says on the bottle is that this beer was inspired by the oud bruin style we created darken a blend of our brown sour base beer that features munich and chocolate malts for roasty flavors and color and candy candy sugar candy sugar and rye malt for a dry yet spicy finish spices uh ginger coriander grains of paradise star anise i don't know how to say that word and black pepper and many months of fermentation in oak barrels produce unique flavors resulting in a deep complexity that mirrors the beer's deep amber color. So the reason we kind of went with this one is because obviously it's called Darken and horror movies are dark and horror is dark. <laughs> um, and when you think when you think of Darken the word, you know, you typically think of storms or the light going away. So that's pretty spooky in, in itself. It's perfect for today when it's raining. Right. It's raining and storming like normal. Rain and rain and rain and Typical. Um, so this is a 500 milliliter bomber bottle. So we're going to share this one. We'll give you our honest opinion of it. Um, and then Good, while, bad, and indifferent. While we do that, I'll kind of explain a little bit of the brewery. Oh, yeah, it is dark. Ooh. So it definitely has that dark amber color they're talking about, but it's like darker than a normal amber. Normal ambers are typically pretty red in color there's definitely a lot of you know you can tell there's a lot of red in it this is really dark for an amber which i guess makes sense if it's a brown ale technically wow it smells so different like it definitely smells like a sour that's for sure i get that but it sour also, wine style yeah but it's also got that 
darky, roasty, malty scent to it, too. So when you're ready, sir, we will down the hash and see <laughs> what we think about it. All right. That's good. That's not as sour as I thought it would be. No, that's actually really, really good. That's a not really that I, nutty like finish. Yeah, not that I expected it to be bad or anything, but like that's super different. From the smell, I was expecting ridiculous sour, but that's yeah. not really the case. It it comes on strong, but then it polishes it off with that yeah. ending, like yeah. that really dark it's roasted. It's got that malty brown ale ishness to it, and it's got that sour, which it's the sour that kind of gives it that weirdness to it, because like I don't expect a sour ale to have those roasty. Um, notes that malty note no. that you have with like a typical brown ale, amber ale or even like a stout or a porter but and it doesn't linger either it kind of hits that sour note no, quickly it, it, gets yeah, away yeah, and yeah then... it's it's quick i mean this isn't there's no long aftertaste with this. this is really really quick yeah i mean this is this is really good i mean on untapped it's got like under a four but i mean i think i'd rate this as like a 4.5 that's really really good I'm, I'm i'm a sour guy but like for a beer that i've never never heard of before it's really good so upland you did you did you did good with this one you yeah, really I like this. This, one. this is a good one. I haven't heard of this yeah. brewery at all before. Yeah, they're, they're like I said, they're based in, in Indiana. They've actually got four different locations out there in Bloomington, Columbus, Carmel, and Indianapolis. And just like any other brewery, a bunch of friends, you know, they get together, they quit their day jobs, and they make a brewery, and it becomes a success. And you know, they you know, sky's the limit from there. And they and they distribute pretty pretty far around. I think they. I mean, they obviously distribute to Florida. Um, so they they distribute, they distribute you know in a lot of places. I don't know if they distribute everywhere. So any of our listeners listening in certain parts of the area where you can't find it, you probably have to have somebody that you know from an area that they do that they can get it, send it to you. But yeah, it's really good for a beer called Darken. It surely brightens the my, my day. A little bit. <laughs> There's but, those dad jokes. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't taste doesn't taste like a dark beer. Mm-mm. I mean, it does kind of, but definitely not like what you not expect. a front. No, the sour right. sour is super weird, but. I dig it. All right, so let's dive in to Terror Village. We'll kind of just talk about how we started this whole haunted walk attraction kind of deal. We were a free spooky world. Yeah. We were basically free Halloween Horror Nights on a very much low-budget scale. Low-budget high school <laughs> scale. Um, for, I mean, for as low-budget and for as young as we were, I mean, we made some noise. Yeah, we did something right. Yeah, it was fun. So it originally started, for me, we started doing these kind of hand out the candy to trick-or-treaters back probably well, 2005 at, we were still at east street so 2004 so 14 or so and i and i, I mean i was probably just in the getting into high school at the point 17 the point or time. so no i mean or, probably 16, 16 15 16 years old at the time and i think the first year we ever did it i had to we had to be driven to your house to <laughs> yeah. drive that or riding um, bikes we, yeah we rode our bikes up or walked up or whatever but yeah i mean where we kind of got the idea for Terra Village, it kind of came from that. Like, I got to an age where I'm like, you know, trick-or-treating is boring. Like, obviously, with a younger brother, much younger brother, we had to kind of do a little bit of that regardless. But for the most part, I wanted to be the kid that handed out candy and tried to scare everybody. That's, mm-hmm. that's I mean, that's this weirdo in me that was like, you know, I'd rather scare people than go get free candy. Free candy yeah, I can go get the free candy from all the extra stuff we don't hand well, out. Right, exactly. And when your parents hand out candy, like... You end up having a half a bowl of candy left. So. Yeah. so I remember I would either skip school or make a very short day of school, whatever day <laughs> Halloween was, because AMC would run the Halloween for 24 hours. It would one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, yep. five. It would just go on and repeat and loop. They've been doing their AMC movie marathon for years now. Yeah. So that one was I would stay home. We would watch that. 
and we would just kind of gather what we were doing for the night. Now, back then, it wasn't much. It was we would wear, I think for one year, I had the whole Michael Myers mechanic suit with the mask. We had kind of like a leaf monstery kind of suit or whatever. We would just like get a pile of leaves. We'd hide somebody yeah. in there and jump out we at were, kids. We were, we were kids. We, yeah, we, there, we, there was no rhyme or reason. There was no sure story behind a, it. You had a, a gorilla mask and that was it. Like yeah. Gorilla mask and hands and then you just wore a t-shirt and shorts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Monkey man. <laughs> Monkey man. And you popped out of like the leaves and stuff. Yeah. So it started very low scale. There was no story. There was no cohesiveness. Yeah, it, it wasn't really anything. There wasn't anything. any real thought put into it. It was, it was just like we had – I used to love like Party City and like those stupid little magazines where you could buy party items. I don't know why, but I always loved having like black lights, <laughs> like, strobe lights. like Oriental trading. Po- oriental trading, exactly. <laughs> I loved anything from that I just had to, had to have. So I had fog machines and stuff like that. Yeah. Growing up again, obviously being like a big wrestling fan and a video fan, I remember I would always take – all my wrestling action figures and I'd make like stop animation videos with them. Yeah. But I would use the fog machine and strobe light as like an actual mm-hmm. pyrotechnic for their entrance. So I yep. had these little toys laying around that I loved playing with, whether it just be the fog machine or anything like that. So for, that's kind of how terror village started. And then obviously once we kind of got older, we continued this, but yeah. we had some more money. We had some, it grew, honestly, from a, a love. Like we had said this before, it grew from a love of these haunted attractions. And like like I had said earlier on in the podcast a few weeks ago that like up in New England, we had one of the kind of progenitors of this haunted attraction stuff that was like, you know, obviously Halloween Horror Nights had been going on and that sort of thing. It had kind of started down here. And there were, there were things around the country, but there was one up in Mass in a small little cow town called Berlin. And it was Spooky World. And Spooky World it, it had gotten big enough that they were bringing in almost pseudo-celebrities. Like, I forget the guy's name now. B-list stars from horror yeah, movies. Yeah, well, the dude, the dude who made the Monster Mash song was there one oh, year. Oh, yeah. And I forget his name. Bobby Just really something. obscure. And I should know that. And I know, and I apologize for not knowing that. <laughs> I'm sure my parents are screaming at the <laughs> uh, radio right now telling me, this is so-and-so. But, um, yeah, I mean, they they were kind of the ones that like really kind of st- Started. I don't want to say started it themselves because they were I mean, all over the country, but like they were part it of. It was that, a really big one. Yeah, they were part of that big first push. I mean, and they still exist even to today. Obviously, under new management in all different type of place, but they still have the spooky world name, so it's still going. Yeah, and it um, wasn't a theme park. It was just no, strictly it was just, a, it was a haunted walk. Yeah, it was legitimately a barn, and like it was really kind of a community thing. Like my grandparents worked at it for yeah. years. My grandfather drove a tractor and on the track on the hayride. And my grandmother rides, yep. did like the phones and the offices and stuff like that. Uh, and it was part-time work. I mean, it wasn't like they did it full time. It's or just a like little that. seasonal gig. Yeah, It was a seasonal gig. And it was really kind of like a, a town run thing. And the dude that originally started it owned it had so many movie props that he used to stuff in like one big barn. And then you could go in and see all the movie props along with all the houses and stuff. But I remember going to that as a, kid like i mean a kid kid like yeah four or five years old i remember we were there one year and i remember burying my face in my mother's shoulder because <laughs> i was terrified and that's kind of where it, it kind of all started for me and that's as we got older and we got into the whole like hey i don't want to trick-or-treat anymore i want to scare people it kind of called back to that desire because i mean i had been going to haunted attractions even as i got older as you know kids and even while we were doing terrible i was still going i was driving like an hour and a half up to new hampshire to go to spooky world still yeah when they moved every year plus you know they had a few other ones closer to home but yeah so that's kind of where my love came from it and i'm sure you have a similar story like when halloween 
could roll around. I mean, I remember watching the Bravo yeah. 100 scariest movie moments from like 2004 and like being like, oh, I've seen that movie. I haven't seen that movie. You know, yeah, getting, add that to the list. Yeah, getting yourself psyched up. Yeah, very similar where I did do Spooky World a handful of times when I was younger. And I think it was just the love of me getting into like movies and stuff. I started to fall into the horror movies. And then we would film. You know, I wouldn't say movies at this point, but you know, when we're ten, you get when you're ten, you have a little handy cam. You you think you're making like the next oh, we know, were, big hey, project. Our, I mean, our, we have some pretty good productions. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, we kind of meshed all of that, and then once we got older, when we were like, oh wait, movies should have a storyline and not just like a six minute chase scene. Right, we had to write scripts for these things. We started writing <laughs> little stories, and then we kind of evolved the story writing aspect of movies into the terror village so that we would create like backstories for terror village so terror village started to have backstories that we would kind of post online whether it be just kind of yeah i mean even before we kind of did that we we really did kind of sit down like months in advance like we're talking i don't know probably in in july and august july we were already kind of sitting down and talking about how do we want to theme the walk this year? Because like what had happened is we were doing it at your old house on East Street, and when you guys had moved off out of that house, we had to find somewhere else to oh, do it. We did it once at my new house. We did. We in did it once in Lemonster in the garage, and then once because we had moved to the house on Mount View in 2007, which mm-hmm. is the house that I had moved into with my parents when I had just gotten into college. And it was like, hey, why don't we move this thing over to my place? We got a Big ass yard, mm-hmm. big backyard, wooded, wooded, and the thing is, is like in the whole neighborhood, we had like the biggest yard, so we could bring, we could go out into the woods, and we created a big, big, big path that would walk the visitors all the way down through the backyard, around the back, and back out the other side of the house, and you know, we could really theme a story around different that areas, path. yeah. Right, so we did that for what two years? I think those were, yeah, those, those were those, our those last were two, two years. years, so. You know, the reason we wanted to talk about it is because we really did kind of get a little crazy with it. I mean, yeah, we, we, it we got went, a little big. Yeah, we went from like doing a couple things here and there to legitimately like really doing a big, big outing. Hunt. So, I mean, it's obviously it wasn't just me and Nick. It was yeah, you know, loads us, of people. And then we had my brother Sean who would help. My buddy Dan who was also a big help. Dan was kind of like one of the like he was. Like, it was the four of us. Yeah, it was the four of us that kind of had sat down and started really laying ideas out. Because me and you were good on like we did a lot of storying. Yep. Dan was obviously Dan instrumental building, in building. Right. Cause he, I mean, we could think of things out with him. It was kind of like, hey, we want to do this. Oh, we can do it this way. And we just build it this way. And like, I don't know about you, but I remember Dan and I, in the last two years we did it, I think him and I must have spent each six or $700 of our own money. Yeah, just materials, building wood. Building materials and, and making stuff. and Wrap, cords, yep. everything. And then, of course, lots of trips to Halloween. <laughs> lots of Worcester. fake blood, lots of fog costume so yeah so it was really the four of us that did that main storytelling part we did the building aspect of it we did the layout we did the promotion back then we had like myspace flyers we did uh jossities that like free web sharing site that we would create a website and we would upload the story so that way if people were if people knew about us they knew about the website so they would know the backstory before coming on halloween night did a lot of social media before social media was kind of a thing yeah and it was it was definitely a big word of mouth thing and we we were from a small town so if you go to high school you know we went to different high schools so we each tell people through our school there's a lot of kids that are going to be showing up that are still in that age of some of them didn't really go to parties and stuff like that at that point they would come to at least the terror village to do a walkthrough at some point yeah we we threw it up there and and, and essentially told like because our idea wasn't to do just trick-or-treaters 
our idea was to get actual people to travel kids to us our age and even you know adults that wanted to come do something like that once they knew kind of it happened it existed they want to come up and see it and it was a lot of word of mouth it wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of advertisement our last year we had a you know we'll, we'll get into it but we had a you know a couple stories written about us in a local paper and that sort of thing but it kind of really just grew from people trick-or-treating and yeah. walking by the house and I, the first year we did it up there i remember there was a gentleman who brought their his kids through and he when he when he left he he told my father out front because my father was doing like music and the projection DJ on the side of the house dj stuff he would tell him hey you know i brought my kids up to new hampshire to go to spooky world what we were just talking about and i spent like you know 40 bucks a person had i known you guys were doing this i wouldn't even bothered i would have yeah. waited till done this one you're done for free you guys because we didn't charge anybody. No, it was free. legitimately just show up. Just kind of threw it up. No, no permits, no business, anything like that. Just kind of a bunch of kids winging it. And you know, like I mentioned, it was the four of us that kind of were that heart of Terror Village. And then we had probably ten to twelve of our friends, whether it be from all over. We had some kids from my high school. I had one of my family friends that I knew that lived thirty minutes away that drove just to help us out for the oh, night. And we yeah. would just we'd we'd give them a little cost and we we would know where they were gonna be placed. And it's not anything you need to rehearse or act out or anything. It's no. like, hey, you're you just, in the electric chair tonight. Tonight right. you're you gonna get ha- shocked. You just had to like be into it and want to kind of put on a show a little yeah. bit. And I mean, let's be honest, a lot of our friends were kinda of like us. Yeah. We, we liked didn't... we liked acting and like doing yeah. that sort of thing. So yeah, I mean, I had friends of mine from high school and from college that would that, that came over in the last few years. I think we had each year a crew of at least thirty people. Yeah, or thirty thirty. I mean, we call us kids, or whatever, but college age kids. Yeah, we'd rotate in and out and stuff like that. And we had you know those a couple mainstays that helped us every time. But it was just cool because everyone would have a different costume. We'd kind of have a different theme for them, and these are all pictures i will go through and find all of these pictures and upload them maybe give them like a little bio or something and we can kind of post that over the weekend because we had some it was it was fun it was cool for the time that's for sure yeah i mean you look at it now and you go well you're like oh this what was it but I mean, you know, a bunch of kids but i mean it was still uh, yeah you wouldn't I don't expect wanna, that at i don't want to tutor on horn but i mean like we built a full-sized we like a whole a f- entrance way yeah so the, the idea was is that like we would go into like I just said, Halloween Outlet in Worcester. And Halloween Outlet in Worcester at the time, if you know anything about Mass, if you know anything about that area, at the time it was the biggest Halloween store in like the in, in, in New England. I mean, it was huge. It was, was the one open. In Hudson. What was? Yeah, there was there was a there was I think there was another place, but this place was open year round. So yeah. Halloween Outlet actually opened all year round, and they sold and they rented high end like scare like horror props like, props and stuff like that. And obviously they they downsized over the years because. You can't. It's not a viable a, business. Yeah, you can't. You can't run a business like that year round. But at the time, that's what they did, and it was huge. So you know, we would go in there, and I, you know, Dan and I would see all these movable props, these thousand dollar props that you could rent or buy, and we were like, all right, well, we can't get that. But how do we make something as close to that <laughs> from Home Depot? From Home Depot. So, and we always felt like, you know, I'd rather build fifty dollar something and have an actual actor on it because it. to me, an actor, an actual actor. Yeah. Is more realistic. Oh yeah. Than a than a than a rubber dude and, moving around. And the the best way to do it is just make them look rubber dude, like make them as fake as possible, yeah. so that way you know people don't expect right. it. So I mean, we stuck your, you know, we stuck a friend Eric in. We built we basically built an electric chair. Yeah. I mean, obviously it was fake, but you know, with a strobe light and some noise and his acting, I mean, yeah. it was pretty realistic. <laughs> it was fun. He broke a window. <laughs> so. So there's that. So Eric, if you're listening, <laughs> you it's okay. We, we we're not mad at you. <laughs> Then we had, I remember we had Dan one year in the pumpkin patch mm-hmm. where we built like a whole stand. That was the first year at the house. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you this from, from my point of view, like that was the best scare mm-hmm. we had because mm-hmm. no joke, you'll see the picture. It's the you, comedy relief was, too. Yeah, kind of. Sometimes he did. Kind of. Well, I mean, he, he was 
You want to buy a pumpkin? Right. He was trying to be like that funny comedy kind of thing at the end of the at the end of the walk, but it was so good that when he stood there, he looked like a scarecrow. He looked yeah. fake. Yeah, we put so like we, fake so hay in big, it. We built a big stand that he could stand on, put his arms up like a, like an actual um, scarecrow. scarecrow. And then when they would walk by, as they're walking by, he would do stuff like, "Yeah, do you want to buy a pumpkin?" Yeah. In the pumpkin patch, and I got, we got more screams from that than anything, than anything else. Yep. And it's just because you had you, you built something with an actual person that looked like a prop. Yeah. And that's Wouldn't to me it. the scariest stuff. Yeah. So we would do these walks. We'd have different little characters in in different little zones, and then we would kind of rotate on guides. I think me and you were both guides for both those years no, at your house, I or was it Sean? First year, no, the first year I was. Oh, I wasn't a guide. I was in the hole. I forget. I don't. Did we have guides the first year? I think we had. I think we to, had just to, to kind of. I don't remember. We had guides. Yeah. I, know, I know we did. We had guides the first year, and, the, and we were the guides the second year. We did it there. I think Last it might have just been did. you, and then the second year we got bigger, so we needed to yeah, rotate. Yeah, maybe. I forget what it was, but the point is, is that we it was big enough where we actually had to guide someone to guide them through because you know they're going into the woods. Yeah, we can't just let and there people wasn't wander a lot of around. Light, so we had like lanterns that the guides would carry, and the guides would play a role in the story. Yeah, I mean, we'd be like telling the story. Random people, but it's not like, hey, follow me. Let's go. Here we go. You're out. We would actually interact yeah, with the was, groups. Yeah, there was acting. Create still. the storyline and kind of you know rush them out of the you know areas like you know when Eric was getting electrocuted. You, you, okay, let's go, let's go, let's get out of here, get yeah, out of right. here. Right. It wasn't you know? just like let's move along. No, we. It's like it's like we gotta go. You have we to gotta act go. Part of it, you know. Right. So that was kind of our roles towards the end. So it was kind of a very cohesive. Yeah, like, you know, I just way thought, I just thought of something. So we did it up at the house three years because the first year we had them go out the back around. They didn't go all the way back in the woods that first year. Remember? Oh, just they, looped they, through the yard. They, they lived because they looped through the end of the yard. We built, we built that graveyard in the back. Remember? Oh yes. The first year, yep. and they went around and came back that way. That was the year Sean was the devil guy. He was the guide in the in the, in the coffin. I think. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't know if we had a guide that year. I think Sean was a devil guide, and then I think yeah, the maybe, second year he was the old was. man in a coffin. We maybe built that, a we built yeah. a coffin as well. We didn't build it. We or, it was an actual coffin. Did you have? Oh. Yeah, we no. We borrowed a girl you went to school with there. Her dad had an actual coffin. coffin. He, kept, he kept shoes in it. I think it was Casey. Yeah, and we borrowed it from him, and it was an actual coffin. So we used that. We propped it up. Yeah. Put somebody in it. But that was the second year. You're right because the first year I wasn't a guide. I played. I was Leatherface. Oh, yeah. We yep. had a camper parked in the backyard, and we made yes. like a little, like a little. We uh, made up like a hillbilly scene. Hillbilly like, scene, pulling right. out of the trailer. And my dad wouldn't let me use a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> As we said, we kind of gave you a description, a little bit of what Terror Village sort of was. So now, I actually went digging through some archives, and I found an old. Um, this was an article, a newspaper article that was written about us in two thousand nine. This is the last year we did it. It's our last year, so I'll just kind of read some experts from it, year. and we'll post the link. But I just thought it'd be fun to kind of read through this and get your reaction. Yeah, we won't read the whole thing, but just snippets. Yeah. It. So this was posted. This was from two thousand nine in October, right before Halloween. Titled, "Are You Ready to Be Scared?" Terror Village, a haunted attraction described by co-creator Nick Perbickley as an alternate to Witch's Woods and Nightmare New England will return to Clinton for its third Halloween season. Nick Perbickley and Seamus Hughes, two cousins along with other friends, family members, are responsible for crafting this spooktacular event. <laughs> we didn't write the article. No, those were not our words. So a little quote by me was, Each year we write a short backstory that goes along with the props we set up. This year's story follows a middle-class family from the 1980s torn apart by depression after their daughter is left at the altar on her wedding day, then found dead. Years after, the family is one by one reported missing. So that kind of tied in. We had, I think it was Jackie was so the wedding Dan, bride so, scene. So Dan's girlfriend now, or wife then girlfriend, Jackie, she played the the bride that scene. 
And I think we gave her like, yeah, she was a, cause, so what we did, so this is, this is the last, we're talking about the last year, right? So what we did is we built a, like an, like an altar. So Dan and I, we went to like Home Depot or Lowe's and we found like this cathedral arch, style this archway that you put in a garden right and then we draped it with like lace and we put blood all over it and then we put like chairs out all knocked over so it was and supposed like, to be like been waiting there wedding. since yeah so jackie played the scorned bride who curses everyone that walks into the yeah. water walk so yeah that's that's what we did with that one and then each kind of actor i guess from that point would have been a relative right which which is which is kind of funny because if you think about it like that's what they went out to after they had gone to the the scene where Dan was the psycho like carpenter. And yeah, was cutting up one kid. <laughs> he was too busy killing we people. This, we, we had this. So what we did is we built this body prop. And again, this is where Dan 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 shined when it came to building shit. <laughs> building so, ridiculous props out of nothing. <laughs> so what we did is I had like it was a head essentially like ripped off from somebody from his body, which is just a random prop that I had. And we took like PVC pipe and we made a frame, attached the head to the frame, added pants with boots and leaves, and made like like a scarecrow bottom and then between the head and the pants we used foam insulation mm. so when you spray the foam insulation it just expands and expands and expands, expands so we did that and the dude like by the time we were done with it, the paint and the fake blood and stuff it looked like his dude like, it was melted <laughs> yeah like, he was just like annihilated so like he was on the table and funny story that actually he had that in his in his shed for like eight years <laughs> and my kids you know my son at the time was like three or four years old and we were at his house for a pool party and he went in the shed. My, my son went into the shed to get something because Dan was like, oh, yeah, the floaties are in the shed. And he went there, looked in the shed or whatever with, with my wife. And he had the this fake fucking annihilated dude. <laughs> Just still over there. The shed, and it terrified Colin. <laughs> like, terrified him. I was like, oh, I'm a terrible father. But <laughs> like yeah, That was I from mean, our, our yeah, childhood. So that's kind of where they started. And the, and the idea, I think, that as guides that year, the last year, what we were is I think we were just like almost like we went into like that Twilight Zone mm-hmm. thing. We were dressed up in like the. T- in the we had the, suits, suits on and and the um, fedoras. Yeah, so we kind of like did a little white powder face to like yeah, be like ghostly ish. Right. So we went. We kind of went that whole like you've entered the Twilight Zone type feel. Um, it obviously wasn't specifically that, but that's kind of where we stepping were stepping into it. a different realm almost. Right. And that what they did is they walked into the garage because the garage was attached to a lanai. So they went into the garage and we had that black tarping. Tarping. And we had a narrowing. Had, yeah. had the room narrow and things were written on the wall and stuff like yeah. that. Well, the article continues. Currently, this family tradition has grown into a well-attended event, and the cousins expect to have 100 to 200 visitors. Moreover, potential visitors will be shocked to learn this is a free event. Again, we didn't really – we didn't charge. We don't want to charge. This was just kind of for us. And it just kind of goes on to say, you know, we had new props being built every year. Visitors can expect new things every year. As their slogan states, everyone's entitled to one good scare. I wonder where we got that from. (laughs) So that was the news article. There's some stuff else in there that is just more quotes of stuff that we talked about, but I'll post the link or I'll just kind of screenshot it, save it, and you can flip through it on Instagram or Facebook or something like that. But it's kind of cool that we actually had a a news article that was, I wish I, I probably have a physical copy at home, but that'd be cool to have a physical newspaper printed copy of that. I actually had it or not. I mean, I know that like it was good and bad. I guess a little bit only because we kind of kind of get in over our heads a little bit yeah. in the sense that we are a residential na- we were a residential neighborhood we couldn't just have people showing up yeah at random times so I think like kind of got our we, we bit we bit off a little bit more than we could chew yeah especially since it wasn't <laughs> it was your dad's we, house it wasn't ours right because we, we had people showing up from like Northborough yeah and like neighboring towns minutes. like driving thirty minutes over to Clinton to I mean, do it the whole neighborhood was just parked was cars double parked yeah it was you know. I mean it was. 
It was no cool. parking. It's just a street. It was street. cool, but at the same time, it was kind of. We jumped, we jumped yeah, a little bit too jump, deep. Jumped the gun a little, bit, <laughs> a little too bad, a little too much. All right, so we found our old walkthrough video. So we actually filmed this on like a high eight camera and night vision. Yeah, I think, I think your dad did it. Yeah, he found out he followed one of the groups. I think so. So we just kind of stuck him in the back, so that way we'd have some footage. I'm not sure exactly how well it comes up. I have a normal one, so it's kind of and a night vision one. So at least with night vision, we'll be able to see. Like yeah, what was I mean, going on like, a little like bit more before, from the camera? Like, yeah, like I said earlier, obviously you guys can't see it, but we're gonna explain it. I'll, I'll, yeah, we'll try to oh, throw, oh. we'll try to throw it up on the on the other the actual YouTube channel so you can actually yeah. watch it. If not, we'll link it to it. And what we'll do is we'll we'll watch it, we'll pause it, we'll watch it, we'll pause it, and we're gonna talk about the different areas that the guides are bringing the people into. So I believe this one was that second to last year, two thousand eight. And then 2009, 2009 was the last year. So we don't have a video of the 2009 one, huh? I don't think so. But we have all the photos. So what we'll do is we'll look through. We'll watch this one. We'll explain the walk then from 2008. Then we'll I'll pull up the pictures and we'll explain the walk in 2009. Yeah. We'll do our best because it's been a very long time since we did it. All right. Let's dive into this 2008 walk. Yeah, it is 2008. All right, so your dad would always put those. Right, my dad projected and DJed up front. You're not really going to really hear it very well, and that's fine. Like I said, we'll share the videos with you through Facebook and through our channel, but... Yeah, this is more... We're just going to... We haven't watched these in years, and I can't even remember everything, right, so... Yeah, I think this is partially... You're just, you're just going to listen to us rewatch our videos yeah. from 12 years ago. This is great audio. Great podcast. Yeah, so that first video, that's with... You were walking... You were the guide in this episode, and yes, that's where I, the, we have yes, the electric I was chair the, bit. I was the guide in 08, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's your buddy from Gardner, right? Yeah, Kevin. Yeah, we just have black tarps all over. <laughs> so ridiculous. So you're walking through that first little room. It's all tarped off, and you have a guy in an electric chair that's screaming. Oh, we have that little graveyard set up with the hanging man. It's like a little graveyard fake scare, because that was, that was just a, a straight-up prop. Yeah, well, the idea was, I mean, we tried to do is... Almost sets you up where, like, you would think that something everything's was going to move. Everything's a prop, yeah. Or try to, yeah, set you up so that you think everything's a prop, but... And this is, in this part, too, you can hear the girls, like, freaking out because we would dress up. Not really dress up. We would give one of my buddies who was in on it a, a fake mask or whatever, and he would, from behind the house, join into the back of the group without yeah, the group that group knowing. Uh, who is that? Oh, that was Liam's brother. Oh, yeah. My buddy Liam from high school. His younger brother played this weird old it, man. He's got like a beard. He's like kind of the, the person that's warning them to not go into the woods. Oh, that's and that's so that's the body right there that you were talking about earlier with all the. No, that's not even what I, I, forgot about, I forgot about him. That's not even the one I was talking about. This one is all burnt up and crisp. Yeah, so what we did, if you want to pause it for a minute, so yeah. what we did with that prop is we actually found like a just one of those cheap plastic prop skeletons from, I don't know, like. Not even Party City. It was like at one of like the home goods stores that would yeah. sell like random decorations and shit. So we bought that, and Dan was like, "We could do something with it." And we used the same foam stuff that he was talking about, yeah. and we sprayed this skeleton with that foam stuff, and did like black and red paint all over mm -hmm. it to make it look like it was like a melted yeah. body. And yeah. we had, I think, if I remember correctly, if we watched the non-night vision one, we had like a really cool red light. Yeah. Like, so we tried to light things. I mean, that's the thing. Again, like, so remember, we were. We were kids, so I mean, college kids, but we still had to like 
we had to do everything within a specific budget. So we tried our best to try to find the cheapest props possible and light them in a way that made them look a lot scarier than they yeah. really were. Yeah, because we, we couldn't do just pitch dark, walk through the woods. So we had the lanterns, and we kind of did rope lighting on the edges of the yep. pathway. So it kind of would... Nobody I mean, could was really veer super off. Super dangerous because like there was a, it was just like a straight drop off. Yeah, on the in the side. back. But oh well. But with a guide, nobody's yeah, venturing that far. We used um, caution tape to like rope it off too. Yeah. So. Oh, that's right. Jackie played some like. Like witchy style. Witchy thing. Yeah. I forget She's got a whole white draped outfit we with gave a book. Her, like a fake Bible. <laughs> <laughs> again another warning silly us we did not go and this next scare so we got a little stuff just like heads on sticks and stuff like that and then i forget what that kid's name was but which one uh it was one of patrick's buddies oh that was kind of dressed him up as just like yeah it was a kid down the street a, jimmy he just had a wig on it was just kind of you can see him in the video pretty well but there was a, it, well there we, was no lighting on him just like random people thrown at us like last second hey we're like, he wants to help what can yeah. he do like, all right well we'll throw him on the woods uh, and just be like a moving body thing i have the oh that's me getting sucked Nick into the hole so we dug a yeah dug a whole hole that was probably four or five feet deep we put a light in there in a fog machine so i would trigger the fog and it would kind of rise up you hit the light and i would jump out of right, the fog i can't remember did we not put we didn't have music going in this one this year right no this was just like us walking thing, talking we, i mean obviously the last year we did it we kind of got really high production value we had music yeah. and stuff playing but this one it was kind of just quiet so it yeah. would just be like nick scream yeah. ah! the <laughs> it was really all it was this one i think was always my favorite scare was uh riches yeah, so we had him. Good. We had him um, tied up to a tree with barbed wire and like FX makeup all over him. But we put a light trigger on on like we had all the lights plugged into a power switch. Right. And we had the power like surge by his foot, so he would step on it to hit the lights on yeah. when people were walking by him. And really, that was I like really, yeah. I kind of wish we had video of the, of the last year because the last year, as we go through it, I'm remembering all the things we did for it, and there's yeah. a lot of cool stuff that we thought of. Because you would have you would go up as the guide and poke him and be like, "It's fine." Right. You'd walk in, then when the right. group comes by, he'd he jump out jump. at them. Yeah, it's one of those things where we kind of we again we were setting them up. We're trying to set them up, and unfortunately, even like some horror directors these days don't know how to set you up properly. Yeah. So that's what we were trying to avoid is being cheap setups. Yeah. And then we had this spider village. We had a big like kind of hallway-esque like area of the walk where we just kind of spider webbed it all overhung and stuff like that so we cut it all out and then um i think we bought probably like what seven or eight bags of like industrial size bags of that that fake spider and with the black lighting it was really cool because everything was lit up and then we had your little brother we wrapped him up as much as we could so that way you couldn't really see that it was a person and he was like held against the tree and but then we just kind of keep on walking through this little area. And then you can kind of see Dan in the background as that pumpkin. pumpkin scare. I think this is where we have like a little campsite style setup. Yeah, we had setup. a campsite with the – We actually pitched a we tent. We tents and we put, we put plastic in the tents and sprayed it with blood. So with the light in the tent, it looked like it was like a murder scene. And then at the same time, we had a shed. As we walked by the shed, my buddy Liam would bust out of the shed and steal the, the kid that – joined the group as someone that was in the group yeah. so it looked like one of the one of the people that was just got sucked in through it got taken which i i guess looking back at it now is pretty obvious because like yeah this person wasn't with us in the front of the house yeah did he come from? but here yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but no it's okay we'll just accept it 
And then Dan did the whole thing. And like I said, this year I feel like Dan's scare was probably the best scare. Yeah. Just because of how good he looked. Yeah. And then at the very end we had so this oh, was yeah. a this was where you would like dry laundry. This was a clothes hanger. And oh, we yeah, boxed yeah, it was like a big yeah, yeah. and we would box it in with black tarps. Black tarp. And we stuck some we I think we stuck a buddy of yours head through a table and he did the whole like <laughs> we, moved his head and Yeah, we put the everything. candy bowls on the table. Really, really simple, stupid shit. But Basic it, stuff. But, but it, it was, works. But it, it, hey, it worked. When you're trying to scare teenagers, I mean it, yeah, you don't have it to do works. much. So that was our 2008 Terror Village. That one was like still. I feel like someone recorded the the last year. It's got to be we somewhere. Did, we didn't put it up anywhere. It could be somewhere on my high eight like cameras. Yeah, somewhere. I'm sure someone had to have filmed it. But I, I kind of wish we had video of the last year we did it because to me the last year was really like well, every year got better and better. Right, and... we got better at it, and this was kind of like our shining moment because like we our setups were good, our props were good. So and then to kind of walk through quickly our 2009 one this was the year that we did that kind of hallway in your garage right so they entered so this year so the year before they entered in through this the lanai itself they walked in this year we had them walk into the garage it's connected to the lanai and we like i said before we had the plastic tarping that would funnel them into the end and it would you know we sprayed like help on the walls and like the moving pictures and shit and we had and a little we had fake chandelier going in through the um underneath it and then at the same time we also had music playing like sound effects playing yeah like heartbeats and stuff oh um, we did have the heartbeat right. so almost... this year we actually upped our production value a little bit and we did put music throughout the like path, a pulsing red light like and stuff. sounds throughout the path and stuff like that so when they first walked in they walked into like Basically, what happened is whoever was up front, my father, whoever else, would funnel them into the garage, and he'd shut the garage door. <laughs> and then when the door shut, one of us, either me or Nick, whoever wasn't already leading a group through, would step out and go, welcome to Terra Village. And, and kind of take turns being the house. Doing. Well, because we, by that point, that year, we had gotten so big that we had groups of people waiting, waiting, outside. To, waiting outside to get in. So we had to kind of like time it so that like... I took one, you took yeah, one. Yeah, so when I was halfway through... We'd then start the, the next, next batch. The next group would go, and yeah, so they would start in the garage. They would walk up through the garage, and then they'd walk into the lanai again. This time, we've got the big melted body guy and like screwdriver in his right, face. And Dan would be this weird messed up carpenter like, guy, and we had somebody is play his victim and stuff like that. Yeah, we had him, and like we used that electric chair again, not as really an electric chair, but we had him with his eye taken out and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, some goofy, stuff. some goofy prop stuff, yeah. and then we walked through walked the wedding out, scene, out into the wedding scene where Jackie was playing the scorned bride. But so this, we had a bunch of the same props over and over again, but just recycled in different yeah, just areas. Recycled in different ways. This one was cool too. We had like all this caution yeah, tape. So, so this yeah. is the one that yeah. So go ahead. I was this is the one that I was thinking of. We had a caution tape all like lined off as like a police kill scene almost. We had a what looked like a body underneath like a white right, tarp. So we, we had we had two. We had we had we had a we had a fake body under a tarp and a real and person. We had a real person under yeah. the other tarp. And then in the very back of like the woods. We, we made, in daylight, it doesn't look anything like a cop car, but what we did was we put a black tarp up with two lights that resembled headlights, and then we built... Essentially what we did is we put a, a two-by-four across two trees, attached two those clip those clip work lights, you know, when you clip a light on and you, and you work with it, we just did those two, and they would function as headlights, so when they shined at you coming at it... looked like a cop you, well, a car. Because right, the light's shining at you, you can't see anything beyond that. So it just looks like a car, and on top of that, we had a red flashing like tow truck light, like a almost. Cop light yeah. almost. So it made it look like a police car, and then we made it like a kind of like a murder scene. And then when they walked by, one of the bodies would move. Yeah, and jump up to them. Right. 
And then we used that hole again. We had the whole spider webby yeah. area. And that year we also had Sean's friend Johnny help us, and he kind of played just like this crazed crazy like murderer person. Two by four kind of, kind of thing. tied into the police scene. Well, we had that campsite. So we had like two or three tents. So you would walk like in between the campsites. We'd have characters in there. And then we had a whole makeshift little graveyard. And it got you to enter through that little exit way. That's where we, had the, we had the coffin. And Sean was in the coffin. So lots of cool little character people. We have like character profile pictures, it looks like. So we'll upload all of those. I mean, looking back on it, it's definitely it was goofy a little bit looking back on it. But I mean, at the time, it worked way into it. And it worked. I mean, it scared people. And we made people, people that didn't want to go through it. So, so that's kind of that, I'd say, for Terra Village. That was just kind of, we wanted to explain to you guys exactly what that was because we mentioned it in episode one that we did this haunted walk we did this thing called terror village and i just kind of wanted to explain how kind of not necessarily big we got it but to the scale of what drew us into haunted walks haunted attractions right and that's why now we're willing to spend hundreds of dollars every year to go to horror nights because you know we just love that type of stuff so i think that'll about wraps it up for this week again just kind of another little shorter reminiscent style episode Hopefully we can be talking some Horror Nights news. I know I've said that probably two or three or four yeah, weeks in a row at this point. Every, every week. At hopefully, some point. But the week we'll actually get something new. We will see. We got a couple different ideas of different styles of episodes that we're going to be working on. So hopefully some cool stuff that will pique your interest. If you guys have any, again, like we talked about last week, if you have any cool movie reviews or movies or anything like that that we should be check yeah, out, if you let wanna, us know. I mean, if you've got – I've said it before, but if you've got any movies you want us to check out and – just do an episode on and review it and what we think about it let us know and if if, if we if, if you send us one and we both say hey you know, i've never seen it have you seen it and we haven't seen it then we'll give you our first reaction type review yep. so i mean send us ideas send us what you want to hear and give us stuff to talk about yeah, it's getting harder to come up with stuff when yeah. they don't have any hn news yeah so we might be doing some more of those uh mock-up events we might be doing some of those top 10 lists a couple different ideas floating around that'll that could turn into you know episodes to fill the time so like i said in the beginning of the episode we are starting a youtube channel it's going to be titled the same as the podcast it's just beer and beer if you search on youtube and look for channels specifically you'll find us we'll be one of the first to pop up as of right now i've got nothing on there other than my old (laughs) my old vlog channel videos so feel free if you want to watch those by all means but i don't expect you to but we are going to start uploading podcast episodes there as well as doing other types of videos on there whether it's like uh horror night vlogs which definitely going to happen once horror nights gets going maybe down the road we'll do some like actual physical podcast episodes on video maybe we'll do some movie reviews on new we'll do some live stuff because we can do live stuff on, on youtube so you want to hear us do a live podcast episode let us know we can do it that way yeah so for now it's pretty small but you know as we get going you'll see us upload some stuff there and you'll get to see our smiling faces in action <laughs> otherwise that's all i've got well that seems like that about wraps it up this week So, guys, until next time, we'll be talking some more stuff hopefully soon. But this is Nick. And this is Seamus. Happy haunts. And again, I would just like to thank Vampire Stepdad for letting us use his music for our intro and outro music. So if you would, just go check him out, Spotify, Facebook. Again, that is Vampire Stepdad.